Hey, what's up guys? Welcome back to another episode of Operation Exercise. Really excited for this one again because I have a special guest with me. He's actually a past teammate in uh, my first team that I was playing in uh, over here in America. And also a common Englishman. So, Reese Thomas, say hello to our listeners and introduce yourselves. Anton, uh, thank you very much for having me, mate. Yeah, I love, love the... Uh commonality of the Englishman here. Um, yes, as Anton said, my name is Rhys Thomas. I'm from uh, Cambridge in England and uh, I played with Anton at uh, Junior College in St. Charles Community College and uh, that's where we first became teammates and uh, I like to think friends as well. <laughs> oh, friends! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, mate. Um, well, pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, thank you for coming down. Uh, so, obviously, I mean, we said well, we used to play soccer, football. We'll just call it football for this podcast sake. Um, so kind of tell our listeners your sporting past, you know, sports that you played, uh, when did you start playing, kind of your experience with strength conditioning and stuff like that. So kind of everything that brought you to this point. Yeah, yeah. So um, football has been my main sport my whole life. Um, I like to think I'm, I've been best at it. Um, Anton may have something else to say. Um, but uh, <laughs> I started I started playing football at the age of four. Um, you know, my dad was my first coach. I feel like that's a commonality um, for a lot of people back home. You know, you start grassroots at a very young age. And um, football was my, my, my first sport. Um, began it at like a football little school and then and then obviously worked my way up um, playing for, for my local teams and um, everything like that. Um, and then probably around the ages of 10 to 12 as well, um, probably from about 8 to 10 to 12, I, I did um, play cricket, which uh, our American listeners probably won't have a clue what it is. But um, A funner you know, version of baseball, baseball, I always call it. Fact, yeah, yeah, exactly. That um, It lasted a little bit longer. Um, <laughs> and then... Uh, during the summers, I, I used to um, I used to do some athletics as well. So um, uh, uh, I used to run I think 200, 400, and eight hundred. So um, and then and then uh, basically f- football took over. I, I had an opportunity to join um, an academy uh, just outside of Cambridge called Histon. Um, and from that point, you know, when you join an academy, you're training three, three, four times a week. Um, you, you can't do anything else. So so it got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm going to have to give up um, all the other sports. So at the age of, it was under 12, so I began playing for Histon. Um, and that's when I really solely started to focus on um, on football. And uh, during during my time at the academy, it was probably my first exposure to strength and conditioning. Um, we, we began with... Um, using medicine balls and, and kettlebells because obviously at the ages of you know 12 to 16 you're still growing and, and, and everything has to be fundamentals um so I, I i got exposed there we'll talk about that um a little bit more later on but um and then i i, I stayed with histon until until post 16 obviously in the uk you you have to take um you have to stay in education until you're 18 so i think fin- i finished um secondary school Took a scholarship with Histon, um, studied as well as, as being in full-time football, and then had uh, had uh, an agency come in and talk about the opportunities in the United States to further your education and continue to play at a high level. And you know that that's when um, I was graced with the opportunity to to go to St. Charles and 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 play with Anton. So um, that was really my sporting past, and uh, um, obviously I'm still still playing now. Um, uh, I, I got I year of eligibility back so I've got one one more uh, one more year and then uh, we'll see what happens after that so yeah so you obviously said you came over um, uh, to play at St. Charles like where I was playing at the same time as well so what university are you at now and you're playing now as well like you said oh yeah yeah I should probably add that so um, I obviously I did my two years at St. Charles um, and then I, I transferred to Carolina University in, in North Carolina so um we play in uh, Division One of the NCCAA, which is the uh, National Christian Collegiate Athletic Association. So um, that's where I'm at now, um, and I feel I feel like uh, playing 
Juca was a was a fantastic um, preparation for that. You know, um, our, our region, I think, at Juco has has, has was slept on a little bit. Um, you know, uh, people think, oh, you play Juco, it's it's probably not a very good level. But you know, I think we had, a, you know, you look at the region we played in Jeffco, St Louis Community College, East Central. You know, Crowder, some strong teams there. So um, that first exposure to to um, soccer as such was was um, was fantastic, and, and playing against so many uh, <laughs> fellow countrymen, you know, even now they stick out like a sore thumb, don't they? So, um, uh, so that I think that was a great almost stepping stone to, to then coming here and um, you know playing at a four year four year school. So um, that's that's what's taken me out to Winter Sand in North Carolina. Oh, perfect. Well, thanks for the background. Um, so obviously you kind of spoke about, you know, being the academy environment and scholarship and stuff like that, opportunities uh, in England, then coming over here to St. Charles playing Juco level, then going over to play Division One and CCAA. Um, I found in my experience that there's Juco and, and NCAA, at least Division Two, um, were quite similar in the playing style and stuff like that. But I found it definitely very different uh, to at least the level that I was playing at in England. Um, I felt like in England, even though it was a little bit of, you know, that bang standard route one, you know, uh, pass, pass, boom, pass, pass, boom, that sort of thing. Uh, win your midfield yeah. battles, uh, win your headers as a centre-back and make sure your forwards are basically skillful and just kill the defenders. Uh, but I found it was always a lot less um, running around um, over in England, a bit more tactical, whereas here, you know, there's loads of running around. Um, it's, um, you you endure a lot more contact um, here, like I say, in Juco and especially NCAA and stuff like that. So I'm just wondering if you kind of saw the same kind of transition from, again, being uh, at Histons Academy uh, to Juco to the level that you're playing at now, or has it been a little bit more different? Yeah, I think I think you hit it, hit it bang on the head there. Um, you know, the UK ball still does go route one. Um, if, if you're losing in the 80th minute, you know, you start to start to just, you know, pile everything on the plate as such, and the other team's parking the bus, and it, and it, is, it, it can become very physical. Um, but I also think coming out to the United States was a different sense of physicality um, in the sense that okay, these players are going to I think the fitness level and the endurance level was a lot higher. Mm. I think that players were obviously would just do a lot more running during pre-season and stuff like that you know, um, you know I mean at St. Charles when we did those Indian runs I, I, we oh, never yeah. really We've never really just run in football training in the UK. You know, we'd always mm. have a ball or some sort. Um, so I think that aspect um, was 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 uh, took a little bit of adapting to, to get used to because um, everything was a lot more physical. Um, a lot, you know, playing style obviously is going to differ from school to school. What team, you know, who your coaches, your strength as players. Um, but the interesting thing about um, where I'm playing at the moment is um, we don't have a region as such. So during our um, season, we play a range of teams. So we'll play NAIA teams, we'll play Division Three teams, we'll play Division Two teams, we'll play the same same as us NCAA school NCCAA schools, um, and even, we even play a team that's in the um, USCAA. And a lot of people don't even know that's an athletic conference. So. Um, you know, we we play we play a range of teams, so it is interesting to see how um, obviously every team's going to differ. But going from like an NCAA division, a high NCAA division two school, will tend to have a lot more um, calmness on the ball, and will be able to use the ball a lot more. And they're the games we have to go. Okay, we're just going to have to let them have it a little bit and get back in our blocks and defend. Whereas there's other teams who are like, yeah, we're going to press this shit out of them because, mm. you know, we want them to have that little bad touch so we can nick it and go forward. So, you know, talent is obviously going to be a huge part of that. But I think 
there is one key um, aspect that's always the same, and that's that you know in the United States, physicality of, of fitness is huge, and, and a lot of teams will have a lot of players that will, will be able to play ninety minutes, and if not, they're going to bring someone on who's fresh, <laughs> you know, and, and they're going to keep running and running and running. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's when um, that kind of how you spoke about how you obviously got exposed to strength and conditioning at Histon and stuff like that. That's where that comes in. I feel like a lot more uh, here in the United States, like you said, obviously running uh, power, especially, you know, in midfield, so many battles are won and lost in midfield, uh, whether you're going 50-50s, whether you're going for second balls and stuff like that. A lot of the time it's that, can you make that two yard burst? Can you push that person off the ball? Can you win that second ball in the air and stuff like that? And I feel like obviously some of it is mental, uh, you know, you're always Unless you're going into that challenge, into that header, whatever, thinking I'm going to win it, there's not really much point going into it because you're probably going to lose it no matter. You can be Hulk and you'll probably yeah. still end up losing it. But yeah. um, I feel like if you're better prepared physically wise, uh, you're a lot likelier to actually win those battles. And that's when the role of the strength and conditioning coach comes in, you know, to prepare. You know, it's not even just us as soccer players, right? It can be. It can be rugby, football, lacrosse, hockey, whatever it is. Um, and obviously, the better those players are working in the strength conditioning room, the more likely they're going to have a better outcome um, on the field. And obviously now, both me and you at IJUCO, we didn't have a strength and conditioning coach, right? Even our weight room was pretty poor. So all we're kind of exposed to was pre-season was just kind of, you know, maybe doing some runs, maybe doing some jumping jacks, maybe doing some push-ups, sit-ups, whatever. Um, so kind of obviously, because you had, like you say, you had an exposure strength and conditioning at Histon, then you didn't have any exposure at all. And now you do again, and you even mentioned um, when me and you were having a chat earlier that you guys at um, North Carolina University just got a new strength and conditioning coach. So kind of going from being exposed to at a young age, not being exposed to it basically at all unless you're doing some work on your own to again coming back into it do you see the kind of influence and difference that it makes on you physically but and then mentally and just in the team on its own yeah mental i think that was that was the that's the biggest thing mentally is how strong you feel so like you said we um so at histon we would at the younger ages, we would use medicine balls and kettlebells and do swings and squats and basic fundamentals of movements. And then obviously, as we progressed into the scholarship um, team, when you're full time, you would have an allocated couple of days a week where you would go. And that's when we learn how to deadlift. That's when we learn how to squat and, you know, bench press. We got exposed to all those um, core and fundamental movements. Um, and then... Like you said, at St. Charles, I didn't even really know we had a weight room because we didn't go there ever. You know, the only time we went there was when we were, had a class in that building. And then I remember working out with you for the first time. I was like, oh, wow, I didn't even really know this place was here. And like you said, it was all it was all on um, us as an um, individual to, um, okay, you want to work out, you want to lift, you have to do that in your own time. And then coming back to here, where we do have allotted times as teams, but um, there's also time periods during the day where, um, in the mornings, where you, there's a free period in the weight room. So you can go in and you have a personal program. So that's slightly more individualized. So I, I like to go, I like to go to the weight room every day. Doesn't mean I'm lifting every day, but I like to go to the weight room every day just to, obviously, on days that I'm, I'm, I'm lifting, and I have heavier days. The days that I'm, I'm not going, I'm doing, you know, working on muscles that aren't as, as worked or foam rolling and stretching and keeping, making sure that I've got a full range of motion and mobility and, you know, injury prevention as such. Obviously, I think I think strengthening, strength work is the biggest injury prevention. Um, but obviously, flexibility is obviously still very important. So going from a, an environment of, of before I left to go to St. Charles, I left England to go to St. Charles. Um, you know, I was I was lifting in the morning and then going and doing a football session. To then, I mean, 
I don't even really remember doing any body weight stuff apart from push-ups as punishment. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? That's what I mean. Yeah, I think it was just pre-season that you know sometimes obviously you'll do conditioning work and then yeah you'll go do some sit-ups. Maybe you'll do a plank. Maybe you'll do some push-ups, and that's about it. That's it, and I think in, for the games that's so physical, not you know if you for, even forget about the injury prevention bit, it, it's it's when you're just running, you know I, I I felt like I lost a lot of muscle mass, and and then definitely when the season was over and it got to um, winter and we went in the weight room, you know I couldn't I couldn't lift anywhere near as much as I could before I came out. And, mm. That was honestly a real shock to me that, wow, I haven't lifted for four months. And obviously your schedule is really, really um, busy in in the season. You know, it's not like the UK where you have a week between each game. Um, you will have two, three games a week. But at the same time, finding time to go in there and just keep that baseline of strength up was, was massive. And, you know, I, I, I think... I mean, I know, I know I was definitely weak and we talk about the mental side of it. You know, going into a 50-50, you know, at the moment I go into a 50-50 and I don't think I'm going to lose it because, you know, of all the work I put in and everything like that, and that mental side and that confidence within yourself, I don't, I don't think I had that at St. Charles, to be honest with you, you know, mm. and it, it was, it, it, it's such a, um, not, you know, the word unprofessional isn't, a great word to use but it's almost like it's almost like part-time whereas here it, it feels it's like lethargic it's isn't it i feel like it's more lethargic you know not so many eyes are on you not so many expectations and stuff like that yeah yeah that, that that's literally it that's a fantastic word to use it's, it's 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 lethargic in the sense that okay you can kind of um do it if you want but if you don't want to if you want to lay on the sofa it's fine mm. you know as long as you're kind of going to class and doing all right and then you come into practice it's fine but but here it's like you know um so we have team lifts twice a week into, into our schedule as a team you know mm -hmm. um and then like i said I, i'm going three other days a week to, to sort of do my own stuff and you know it's on, it's all on my individualized program so going from that to like you said now every time i jump up in the air i feel like i'm landing stronger i feel like i'm getting higher Feel like I'm not being pushed as easier, and you know, as a defender, that's everything, um, yeah. everything I need. And 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 you know, you were talking about everything being so powerful. You know, you, a lot of our a lot of our stuff is based around power movement. So the medicine ball throws, how quick can you actually throw? You, you know, it's not a huge weight, but it's how quick can you move that medicine ball? And it's all applicable to the sport that we play. But whereas you know, due to lack of education, I feel like at St. Charles, you know, we go in and we do chest day and we do leg day and we do, you know, and, and we do the bro splits and that's fantastic yeah. if, if that's, if that's going to work for you. But, you know, what's the point in me doing five sets bicep curls? You know, people say bicep curls with races, but I mean, <laughs> who knows? You know, I know, I, you know, whereas now it's like, oh, if you want to do bicep curls, that's fine, but you're going to do them in your own time. Yeah got to do this on your program first yeah it's 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 more specific once you actually get into it because like you say was like um i talked about this with someone before it's like every every single time you train there should be a reason behind why you're doing it you're not going to improve anything if you're going in it doesn't matter if you're going into a weight room if you're going onto the field if you just go in there for the sake of it just to lift just to run around whatever it's not going to improve your game. It's not going to improve performance. Um, if you are yeah. going in the weight room to try and improve your performance, you should know why you're doing it. Just doing squats isn't going to help you, right? Just because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how often do you squat on a football pitch? Not not very often. How often are you jumping yeah. and it. trying to get higher? Or how often are you landing and trying to keep that form so you're not so easily pushed over? It's, that's a lot more specific. Um, same as going on the field. It's like, yeah. how often are you going to run for a mile non-stop? Not very often. How often are you going to make a 120-yard a sprint, then jog for 50 yards, then sprint again because you have to get into a position and stuff like that. So it's always, I find out that's the biggest thing that when you are 
in there is being specific with what you do and knowing why you're doing it. And the examples that you gave are yeah. great, kind of how you said, like the bro splits and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, it's all well and good doing it, but how's that going to help you? Um, yeah. And then obviously you and said how much, how. Then... Yeah, go on. What were you going to say? And then I was, I was just going to touch on the fact that obviously I told you earlier on we got a new strength coach, mm-hmm. and now obviously I've been here for two years, so I've done I've done two different types of um, you know weightlifting, and we 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 had a, a strength coach that was a fantastic guy, um, but he was a, from a military background, so everything we were doing was okay. Try and go as heavy as you can. Try and build strength. Try and, and you know that meant, and I feel like that mentality big in the United States, okay, right, it's your spring season, we're going to try to get really, really strong, you know, and I'm like, I'm squatting as much as I can, oh, we have a weight belt here, I'm like, okay, why, why am I, I don't feel comfortable lifting this amount, you know, what's yeah. the point of me lifting this amount of weight, I don't want to pack on the pounds, I'm not going to go and compete, like, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not a bodybuilder, um, I would much rather take two or three plates off have the correct form mm. go through the full range of motion um and keep things like that uh obviously there's certain exercises that are good to go go heavy for for low reps you know um such as your deadlifts and stuff like that and we still do that but um you know i i felt like it was it was a, from a very for a bit of a military background we were beasted a little bit it was like how tired can we get you when we're in the weight room? Yeah. Whereas now we've got a, a strength and conditioning coach that is, from, you know, a sports performance coach, really, and everything we do is specific. So everything's paired. So when we do, um, so for example, if we do a trap bar um, jump, it's paired with um, a med ball slam. So it's, everything's always paired with like a, a power movement. And it's like you said, it's, it's then realistic. Whereas... I felt like, um, obviously, at St. Charles, due to lack of knowledge and stuff like that, everything was like, right, let's just work our muscles, let's just get stronger, which is great, and we probably needed it because we didn't lift for four months. But you know, now when we're going every day, it's it's incrementing the weight a little bit, or you know, you're lifting just the bar first to make sure your form's correct, and and um, and and that I truly feel is 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 what's um definitely definitely mentally making me feel so much better on the pitch because each thing i do is like i said is paired with now doing different types of jumps and rotational box jumps and um two legs to one leg box jumps and and that is so realistic to the game like you know when am i squatting down to to a full squat and jumping up and winning a header like if 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 you're in a squatting position on the football pitch you've you've most likely been beaten and the guy's going to yeah. run past you. So that's not a good situation to be in. So, you know, when 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 you pair things with um, a run and you pair and a jump and you pair things with different um, movements and power movements, it, it, it is realistic. And, you know, in a game, I am jumping from one foot to another. I'm doing hide-ins. I'm doing all these different movements that, you know, are regular. And especially being a centre-back, I'm jumping up and win, trying to win as many hitters as I can um, and, and I feel like just squatting isn't going to help that you know whereas now it is like you said there there is a focus on the sport that I play and, and each thing that I do you know yeah no that's great to hear I mean you mentioned quite a few things there obviously mentally um, pushing the weight and being uh, more confident when you are going to 50-50 um, you know being able to jump higher and stuff like that what would you say has probably been the biggest benefit of um, having a strength and conditioning coach and uh, being able to, how you obviously you were saying, like now you're working more specific. What's been the biggest benefit? Is it, you know, you are feeling like you're fresher after games, uh, you know, not so many muscles are tight, or is it genuinely like when you are going into 50-50s or like challenges and stuff like that, you are stronger, you know, you're winning it, or you're jumping higher, you're running quicker. What would you say is the biggest benefit you've had so far and you've kind of felt yourself kind of embrace it? I think the biggest benefit so far has been the, um, it's, it's like you said, the the recovery aspect um, and, and also the almost injury prevention. I've, I've, I've felt 
I felt like the season I just played, we, you know, we only played five regular season games because of COVID. We had games cancelled all over the place. But each game that I played, I felt good afterwards. Mm. You know, I felt I felt strong. And I felt, you know, I played games, you know, in St. Louis and I'd be like sweating and breathing out my, you know, backside by the end of it. I'm like, I can't, can't, you know, God forbid this goes to overtime. I'm not going to That's what I mean. And then you got to remember that a day later or two days later, you have another game to play. So it's not even the fact that you're feeling like that during that game. Exactly. When Dom sets in, it's going to be a joke and I'm not going to be able to move, let alone play another 90 minutes. So um, I think the, the, I think it, it all kind of stemmed from a lack of understanding. I think there is such a lack of education of what strength and conditioning training actually is out here because, you know, our coach didn't really want us lifting during the season. So it was on us. Mm. So we would go, but I'm like, if we're just lifting in the spring, everyone goes home for summer. You've lost all of the progress you've made. You've yeah. gone into pre-season. You've lost everything. So let alone not lifting during the season. So I think keeping those movements and basics and those fundamental um, strength movements consistent is, is huge. And, you know, the day before a game, I would I would go into the weight room and I would just throw medicine balls. You know, that, that sounds a bit crazy, but <laughs> obviously selective workers, I wouldn't just go in and throw medicine balls, but, um, you know, you know, rainbow med ball slams and th- just, just tuning my muscles to, for triggering for, for the game the next day. And, mm. you know, I'd feel ready, you know, I'd, I'd sit there and I'd be itching to play. Whereas before I feel like it was more of a, um, I wasn't as, as charged, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, 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 and like you said, going in and you, you don't have to go in and squat 100 pounds or squat 200 pounds every time you're strength training. You can go in and do body weight stuff that, it's going to also help you. But like you said, the recovery aspect was also huge for me. Um, but but I think I think the biggest thing was is, is mentally and how, how strong I felt um, and, and just good. I felt, honestly, um, at, the, at, at the end of games, but also during the games, during 50-50 battles. Um, and then that, that confidence, you know, it, it, it's almost like the placebo effect, isn't it? Oh, I'm yeah. lifting weights, I'm going to beat this guy in 50-50. Yeah. You know, and, and that might not be true, but because I believe it, you know, getting that edge up on anyone is, is, is huge in football, yeah. and, and you know that. And so I think that was the biggest part, definitely. So kind of having that self-efficacy, knowing that your body is ready to take the load as well as give it out, kind of, you know, if you're being going shoulder to shoulder or, I don't know, if you're yeah. coming down hard because... Even though when you went up to win the header, you got a little nudge. So now you're coming down hard and you're trying to land. You know, we've seen so many landing injuries because sometimes people's joints aren't strong enough. Like you see knees buckling, you see hips going and stuff like that. And how you said kind of, if your body's ready to take that, you'll be fine. Whereas for some people that may not be ready, that's them injured for worst case scenario a year. Like we've seen like, you know, those horrible knee landings like Kurt Zuma, for example. I'll never forget that. You know, you see a guy that's yeah, yeah, yeah. six foot seven, his legs are like almost almost a foot long, probably more than a foot long. And then you just yeah, see yeah, him yeah, buckling yeah. and it's just like, it could be prevented. That's the thing. And I think that's kind yeah. of a part of it that people don't think about. Yeah, I think the, a, a good word to just, just now, I've just thought of a good word is I felt like primed and mm. ready to go. You know, and I felt like my, my performance was, was primed for the match, you know, the focus was on performance there. Performance in training as well, but I felt primed and ready to go. Um, and obviously, it happens to the best athletes in the world that are full-time football players, like we talked about Kurt Zuma and stuff mm. like that. And they're training every single day. So, you know, I don't want to give myself that, that chance that that might happen to me, you know. Um, so so I think, yeah, it's, 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 it's a huge, huge... Um, just additive to add to going from not lifting at all to having the opportunity to do it. Yeah. It's two completely different ends of the spectrum and, and, and in performance you can you can you can definitely see it. Yeah. 
So when it comes to physical and mental readiness, obviously we kind of spoke about like how, um, you know, you primed your body some time and obviously having mental confidence and stuff like that. Um, give me a couple of things that you would have done, um, you know, with, with social media now and stuff like that, with so much information out there, a lot of us are exposed to sometimes things that someone may do and say, this will be so beneficial for you uh, before a game or... Uh, whatever and then really they have no idea what they're talking about you end up doing it and yeah. it makes you play three times as worse or you can't sleep as well and stuff like that um or you can do something that makes you feel amazing the next day so kind of um give me and the listeners something that you have done before that you thought is going to be really good but it actually turned out terrible i mean it may be the fact that you've never yeah. had that experience and also give something that, you know, you well maybe some kind of like, uh, should I try this? Should I not? But then it actually turned out really well. I think a, um, a huge one uh, that's turned out really well was, was just uh, stepping into the strength and conditioning room the day before a game and, and doing something. I think a lot of people are like, okay, day before game, we're just... You know, we're, we're going to go down to the field. We're just going to run through set pieces. We're just going to do tactical stuff. Um, we're not going to get you running around a lot. You know, I remember doing things at Juco where we'd be sta- we wouldn't even have to bring our boots. We'd be mm. standing in positions and um, working on tactical stuff like that. Um, uh, and I feel like that that's a misconception that that you, that you have to rest the day before a game. Yeah. You have to really, really be be be. Um, lazy or almost you know maybe use the word lazy mm. um whereas now I'll, I'll i'll do two two sessions we'll train you know if we plan on saturday we train in the morning on a friday at 9 a.m so we'll go through yes it's a lighter session but it doesn't mean the intensity is not as high mm. you know you don't you don't want to go into a, the day before a game where people are just walking around passing the ball you want you know explosive high intensities so, you know, you're, you're ready for the next day and, and that carries through. And then stepping into the weight room, like I said, and, and just powering and throwing through some med balls, very, very low um, low sets. It'd be like two sets of eight reps, but getting primed and getting my muscles ready and, and feeling and having that feeling of power and shifting that medicine ball and going, okay, I'm going to be able to do this tomorrow when I'm shoulder barging someone or when I'm going into a 50-50. This is exactly what it's like. Um, and and that's worked fantastically. And then, obviously, I, I got into a bit of a routine. Um, due to COVID, we couldn't use the ice bath. Um, obviously, so our, our athletic trainers would give us a tub of ice and I'd, I'd, I'd do the ice bath and, and obviously foam roll and stretch before a game and, and, and that almost just felt to me as a a trigger for okay it's preparation time you know i try and stretch before i go to bed every single night anyway mm. but that phone rolling and, and and that extra time spent on each muscle and you know you feel like you're working concentrating on each muscle fiber that you're going to be relying on the next day um was huge um now something that i've tried that uh, i don't think worked um you know that's a that's a that's a tough one, um, because it there's so much that can come down to it. You know what I mean about yeah. a bad performance. But um, I think I think I would go back to um, we had a couple games in spring last year when we were when we were lifting heavy um, and doing things like that, and mm-hmm. I, I can't I can't see how it worked because on the pitch I felt slow, I felt yeah. lethargic, I felt heavy. Mm-hmm. I wasn't heavy. You know, I might have put on a couple of pounds. I wasn't heavy, but I felt almost um, unagile. And, and yeah. you know, when you go to like, when you go to the UK and you watch, it's like being back home and watching the Sunday League, the centre-back is always the biggest guy. Yeah. He's win every header, but if someone dribbles at him, he's going to fall over. Yeah. He's so unagile. Yeah, it turns out the speed of an absolute oil tanker. Yep, yep, yep. Exactly, you know, it takes them five years to turn around and start to run back to, and, and, and you know, as a goalkeeper, you know, the, the striker's probably in your 18-yard box before the defenders turn around. Yeah. So, um, and and, and I, it, like, like we said, it could have all been mental, but I genuinely felt slower, and, and 
you hear that about weightlifting. I don't want to weightlift, it makes me slower. I don't want to weightlift, it will slow my sprint speed down. Yeah. It's going to make me less agile. But doing the correct things in comparison to them, you know, night and day, mate. Night yeah. and day. Well, it, it, again, it brings us back to what we were saying. Is you have to know why you're doing something. You know, yeah. if, if you go in and you do the right volume on a squat, uh, if your legs are at the right angle, if you're dropping your hips first instead of your knees and stuff like that, if you're doing the right movements with the knowledge behind it as to how that's going to carry over onto the field, it's one thing. But if you're just going in there, like you say, you're just trying to bench heavy, if you're trying to squat heavy and that's it, you are going to get slower. And I will actually back up what you just said because I've had the same thing. Uh, back when I was trying to lift just because, you know, I wanted to be a bigger presence on the field, it slowed me down loads. You know, I, let's yeah. say, I couldn't move quick. I couldn't get up quick. Um, yeah, I was explosive, but it very rarely mattered because I couldn't move quick. I couldn't move quick to get into the position where I could be explosive from. And kind of after learning that, finding that out, adapting um, how I would be training now, completely different. So I completely agree with you on uh, that part that it does make a huge difference. Uh, all right. So now we've kind of covered all that. It brings me back to the last thing that I want to talk to you about. And um, you mentioned um, to me that before you come out to America, you had uh, quite a bad injury. Um, and I kind of want to talk to you about that. Just first of all, kind of what the injury was and we know the biggest thing with injuries is mental and how you come back from them. So uh, talk us through that whole situation. Um, obviously, yeah. when, how, recovering from it, uh, what effect it had on you mentally, how you got out of it, how you rehabbed it through and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, short of it is I, 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 I essentially tore cartilage in my right knee. Um, in my second year as a scholar, so um, it, it was it was it was huge in the sense that I didn't think I was going to be ready to come back uh, come back to the states. I had my offer, I didn't think I was going to be able to come. I thought it was going to slow me down. So um, to go I'll, I'll obviously start at the beginning. I, I um, during our second year as scholars, we we got put out on loan at, at men's league clubs. Um, not you know step step eight step seven so but just getting that exposure mm. of men's football and, and that physicality um and i remember playing a game once and i just i, I played a ball down the line um playing right back at the time and I, I thought that didn't feel right you know um and every time i almost flexed my quad and 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 uh and and really kicked through a football um I had a, I had a shuddering pain going through my knee, um, so, so I knew something wasn't right. Um, obviously, this was the strangest part. Um, obviously, our physio at the club, uh, Nick, give give Nick a little shout out. He's a fantastic guy, um, and obviously, I spent a lot of time with him um, after everything. But uh, would would rehab my knee. You know, he knew it wasn't a torn ACL, so it wasn't a huge huge injury. It was. Um, it, it was more of a sense that okay, let's try and rehab your knee and work out what's going on. So we do exercises and we do um, strength exercises, and obviously, as you know, footballers very quadricep dominant. I didn't really have um, a base strength in my glutes or in my in my hamstrings. Um, I was very very quad dominant, as as the majority of footballers are, because you know when we kick through our quads are doing a lot of the, mm. of the um, movement there so um, a lot of the work we did was priming my glutes and the hamstrings getting them active that sort of stuff um, which along with the strength and conditioning work kept kept them going and and, and I rehabbed twice actually um, for probably three weeks maybe and I was like yeah I feel good and we started running again getting that fitness up and then we'd get back to a game and I'd like clear a ball or something, I'd feel it and I'm like, this, it's not right. So um, I, I essentially got referred to um, uh, go and get an MRI. Um, obviously in the UK through the National Health Service, it's not the same as the, the US. Um, it took a while. Mm. Um, I had to be referred. Um, it 
probably took from 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 my first visit to the operation was probably uh, about five or six months, which isn't long for the NHS, but you know that's unheard of in the United States. You know, um, so it was talking about it mentally. It was tough going into training every day and watching the boys play, whereas I'm when I'm going in and doing um, stuff inside and, and attending games and watching people play in your position, it, it was tough. And you know, I I I create I created a great bond with the the. the uh, athletic trainer and physio at the club because you know I was with it I was with the bloke every day um, but he would he was fantastic in, in the sense that he was always checking on me and seeing how I was doing mentally and and that um, because it is it's a dark it is a dark place hmm. you know I didn't have a serious serious injury where I've broken my leg career ending but you know even if you're out for a couple of weeks you feel diff- distant from the squad almost yeah um, and it was it was it was it was a uh, dark time as such really because you know I, I, you're still in and around the team but you don't feel like you're part of it you feel like a spectator mm. almost um, but anyway I finally got everything done got the operation done I had the cartilage removed um, keyhole surgery so it wasn't you know they didn't really have to cut me open it's not like they were repairing a ligament or you know some of these ACL I was, I was watching a video on Van Dyke's uh, recovery and you know the stuff that they can do is amazing so I, I was very blessed in the sense that um my knee injury wasn't too serious for the knee injuries that can be um and and the good thing about the fact i had the cartilage removed was the recovery time was a lot shorter because i didn't have to wait for anything to repair so um after uh i think four weeks i was back on my feet and starting to jog so it wasn't a long turnaround at all um Day after the operation, I was back in football, seeing Nick and starting the the strength and recovery process. And um, my operation was in May, and I left I left for uh, for St Charles in, in in July. So a couple of months to, to get that base fitness. And mate, you, you think my touch is bad now? Anton? like when I first touched the football after that, mate, it was like kicking a ball at a brick wall. It was. You know, and, 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 and that is what you lose. You lose that sharpness. You know, mm. we were talking earlier about um, not playing any friendlies and and it's that match quickness, that match sharpness, that's that's the first thing to go. Yeah. So um, you know, but getting back out there was, was fantastic and I felt like um, you know, things have back fallen into place and um, I had that base level of fitness. Um before I left, but the, the, the biggest thing was um, obviously during that time I was rehabbing a lot of exercises would hurt my knee mm. and before the MRI results came back and we worked out what the surgeon was going to do, um, I couldn't really squat, I couldn't do any of that. So a lot of my weight um, workouts were focused on upper body and focused on, on that sort of stuff. So I kind of got in the mentality of oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to get a big upper body you know yeah. um, because I felt like that was the only thing I could do you know I wanted to work hard I wanted to you know I saw the boys running I saw the boys doing all the stuff I'm like I need to put that work in how am I going to do that um, so I would go okay well I'm just going to try and get strong get a strong upper body um, and, it, and it did it got to a point where I was putting on um, a bit of size and a bit of weight up, up top and and the physio reminded me of all you got to remember every pound of muscle you put on through your body is like another pound four pounds through your knees so it's like that kind of hit home that, that okay this might not be the best idea for the sense that I'm wanting to stay agile and be a footballer still mm. you know I almost lost that sense of um, I'm, I am a footballer I'm not just trying to stay strong and stay fit you know things need to still be like we've been talking about all day match realistic and specific to the mm. sport um but you know sometimes i'd be doing the exercise i'm like am i even working anything here am yeah I doing, you know because you know there's that misconception that you need to leave the gym tired there's that misconception yeah. you need to you know be failing on your last rep before you can finish and you know to have that explained to me um look it's not 
always you're not always going to be tired when you leave the gym. You're not always going to really open my eyes to that. And you know, I've I've got a lot of admiration for strength and conditioning coaches because of the fact that they can apply things into match situations and stuff like that. And, and that truly opened my eyes to that. And that's why, um, you know, the bro splits and stuff don't, you know, aren't, aren't the greatest ideas, you know. Um, but, but yeah, you know, the, I was blessed in the sense that it wasn't a serious, serious knee injury. Um, it, it was a bit of a dark time, but, you know, I, I recovered well and obviously made it out for, for freshman year and, and played played with yourself and um, you know I, I don't I don't have any bother with with the knee now. Um, it was it was a tough tough thing to hear you know that you, you can't play and, and you have to wait for an operation. It was scary at the time because um, you just feel like everything's up in the air. Um, you know your future and you know I, I wanted to be a student athlete out here so badly that. I was worried that I wasn't going to get the chance to. Um, yeah, I was actually going to say, that. like, obviously, you know, you, how you said you had the operation in May, and it's like, at that point, it's crazy, because, I mean, how you said, we start pre-season 1st of August when we was in Juco, and um, yeah. how you said, it was a very tough time mentally, and obviously, injuries, and especially for student-athletes, for a lot of people, I mean, sports, everything. Um, how did you, if you were to give, like, one or two, you know, ways of staying out of the dark place, how you said that, you know, sometimes you'd get into because it is a terrible time. Everyone that's been injured knows it. But, yeah, I mean, obviously you came out fighting through it and it was completely fine. Like, if you were to give, like, one or two ways how you actually managed to, you know, keep yourself mentally sane, especially knowing that so much is riding on this, like, how'd you do it? Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I mentioned Nick. Nick was fantastic every time I'd go in, you know, um, you keep that that level of banter with you and and, and keep you smiling um, but also Nick, Nick had more confidence in me than I think I had um, you know he knew the dates I was leaving he knew the dates he knew you know he was there when I got my first offer to a school in the United States so so he was he was truly truly there um, through through everything and having that person um, was huge so so I think that would have been the first having that um, person next to you reassuring you maybe also also doing each exercise with you and, and going yeah you'll, you'll be fine by then yeah you're, you're yeah. gonna be good you're gonna be fit you're gonna be back to yourself it gives you that confidence that okay maybe, maybe i will be you know maybe mm. i'm gonna gonna be able to come back um and then secondly um i think like i mentioned that realization that okay i now cannot put in um the work in the sense that all the other boys are doing when they're out there running and they're out there, you know, doing drills, that work has to come through another sense. So I really, that was when I really focused on my diet mm. um, because at that point I wasn't really burning as much as I would usually. So oh yeah, no, of course. I, I really did want to focus on um, eating clean, eating the correct things. Also, um, eating uh, fruits and vegetables that have nutrients that, um, you know, are going to be good for my joints and looking into supplements to take for that and, you know, your cod liver oils and your, th your stuff like that to, to just almost give myself the best fighting chance. Um, so, so secondly, I think that realisation of, of, okay, I need to put my work rate in somewhere else. It's like kind of and get your shit together, basically. Yeah, no, no, literally, literally, you know, okay, I now can't do this. How am I going to continue to be disciplined mm. in that sense? Eating clean, putting work in um, during the rehab, but then also, um, you know, keeping a strong core, keeping, you know, stuff like that. Um, you, your work rate gets put in a different area, but it's not... You might not be sweating and dripping with sweat, but that doesn't mean you're not working, you know. And yeah. having that realization would probably be the second, the second thing, um, and, and 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 piece of advice if if I would give any is is that you're not going to be able to obviously do what you did the day before you got injured. Um, so you have to you have to um, realize that and, and learn that, you know. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, honestly, amazing piece of advice. And yeah. Um, 
thanks for the insight during all this. Uh, that's all we have time for today. Um, it's been great chatting with you. Um, if you were to just kind of say anything, I mean, you can leave it completely blank if you want, but anything to our listeners, just kind of about what we've talked about, um, any particular experiences or any ideas that you may have have um, to share, um, use your time now. Yeah, no, I think um, just uh, everything I've kind of said is is uh, is understanding, and, and you know, I was I was speaking to you before this podcast um, and saying how I do, I love every episode because it, it it's that um, education of of what strength and conditioning is and what it looks like, rather than um, and like I said, it, it it's from an athletic standpoint. But it's also applicable to people that, okay, I just want to go to the gym. I want to go do this, you know. Um, when you're talking about um, core strength, it, that, it's huge for everything. If you're, It's huge for footballers, but if you want to put put your shopping in the back of the car, if you have no core strength, you know, you're going to slip a disc. So mm. I think, I think um, it's, it's been, it's, you know, it's been an absolute pleasure to be, um, to be included on the show, mate, and I appreciate it. Um, and, and I think uh, being able to, hear and understand what strength and conditioning is in comparison to what poor weightlifting is um there's there's a huge divide in between and and from an athletic or even just you know like you say operation exercise standpoint um it's massive and 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 the fundamentals are are, are very very similar so understanding those fundamentals uh, uh, would be would be huge and, and i think this platform is a fantastic way to do that well, thanks so much, mate. Like I say, um, love you for being part of the show. Uh, been great to catch up with you, guys. Um, as per usual, any questions about this, you know where to find me. Um, if you want to find out more about Reese or get in touch with him, um, I can easily put you in contact with him. Uh, so yeah, uh, if anything, look forward to hearing back from you. If not, I'll see you in the next episode.